The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. If you could learn more about spirituality and how it can work in your favor, would you be intrigued? Of course you would. It's time to get real. This is Get Real Radio with your host, James Robinson. In our show, we'll interview fascinating guests with the intent of bringing you closer to who you really want to be. Get ready for some of the most profound radio on any airwaves today. Now, here is James Robinson. Welcome, everybody, to Get Real Radio, and I am James Robinson, and my guest today is a very, very, very well-known healer in her own right. Her name is Dr. Francine Shapiro, and, you know, a lot of the people, the guests that I have on my show are practitioners of alternative healing methods. Uh, some of them are psychics, some of them are nutritionists, some of them are counselors. But uh, Dr. Shapiro is a, is a true scientist, and she has developed a method of treatment called eye movement desensitization and reprocessing, otherwise known as EMDR. And it's a bit, and I have can personally attest to this treatment facility because I've undergone undergone uh, several sessions of this for some emotional issues that I've been carrying for many years, and and I can personally attest that this is a very simple, very effective way of dealing with um, trauma, depression, anxiety uh, that we all can suffer from, and. The one thing that's really remarkable about this process is that it has been validated by clinical trial after cl- clinical trial after cl- clinical trial. And let me just read you uh, something about Francine because uh, I think that uh, she deserves the uh the praise and also the recognition of what she's accomplished. And that is Francine Shapiro, PhD, is the creator developer of EMDR therapy, designated as an effective trauma treatment by many organizations, such as the American Psychiatric Association and the World Health Organization. She is a senior research fellow emeritus at the Mental Research Institute in California, director of the EMDR Institute, and founder of the nonprofit. EMDR Humanitarian Assistant Programs, which provides pro bono training and treatment to underserved people worldwide. Dr. Shapiro is a recipient of the International Sigmund Freud Award for Psychotherapy, presented by the City of Vienna with the World Council for Psychotherapy, 
the American Psychological Association Trauma Psychology Division Award for Outstanding Contributions to Practice in Trauma Psychology and Distinguished Scientific Achievement in Psychology Award from the California Psychological Association. Her most recent book is Getting Past Your Past, Take Control of Your Life with Self-Help Techniques from EMDR Therapy. So with that, I'd like to welcome Dr. Francine Shapiro to the show. Hello, Francine. Hello. Nice to be here. Uh, one of the things I wanted to ask, and if you read the book, Getting Past Your Past, which I've just done, is uh, the, the rather unusual way you came up with this treatment facility. This uh, Could you give us a little bit of your background and how you developed EMDR therapy? Well, yeah, I'd, actually I had started out planning to be a professor of English literature and was just about to launch into my dissertation when I developed cancer. And that shifted my attention to a new area that was growing up at the time of psychoneuroimmunology, the effect of stress on the immune system. And once I dealt with the cancer and had it handled, I realized that it really made sense as a, a theory, but there wasn't a lot of uh, techniques available for people to use. So I decided I wanted to find out what they would be and get them out to the general public. So for the next uh, number of years, I explored every training workshop I could find, entered into a psychology program, and used my own mind and body as a laboratory, if you will, to see what worked. And one day, I was walking along, and I noticed that some disturbing thoughts I was having were suddenly disappearing. And when I went to bring them back, they didn't have the same charge. They didn't bother me as much, and that didn't make any sense because it was the kind of thought usually had to do something, engage with, in order to change it in some way, but I hadn't done anything. So I started paying very close attention, and I noticed that when that kind of thought came to mind, my eyes started moving very rapidly in a certain way, and I noticed when my eyes started moving, the thought shifted, left left consciousness, and then again, when I brought them back, they just didn't bother me as much. So I decided to see if I could do it deliberately and found I could, making the eye movements cause the, the change in, in, uh, in distress and cognition. So uh, I wanted to see if it would work with anyone else. Gathered every warm body I could find, started uh, leading them in the eye movements to do the same type of thing. And with most of the people I worked with, the disturbance lessened, but for many it would stop. So I just started to develop procedures around the eye movements to make them more effective and continue to do that over a period of about a year and then um, tested the procedure. It not only became a dissertation, but published it in the Journal of, Dramatic, of Traumatic Stress and that was the beginning of what's now known as EMDR. What is it? I mean, we've, I've studied Buddhism for many years, and the one thing that's different about the Eastern philosophies from the Western philosophies, or at least that's my impression, is that in the East, they concentrate on what you're thinking about and, and that thoughts are, are very important. While my observation is in the West, they look more towards behavior. Uh, 
as as what's important to concentrate on. But it, the result is that uh, you know, and what I seem to conclude from your work is that thought, your thinking does make a difference, and what you think about makes a difference. And so, is this you know? Is this mind control? Is this uh, re, you know reordering your thinking patterns? How does this work? Well, actually, uh, there are forms of psychology where they say the most important thing is changing your thoughts and and changing your behavior, and um, that's the 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 agents of change for the therapy is challenging your thoughts and and making yourself do something different. Um, EMDR therapy is different in that way because we see that the basis of problems that people have in the present, they may be feeling I'm not, uh, I'm not good enough, I'm not lovable, I'm not in control, I'm not a good person. Those feelings which you can verbalize with those statements are really there because of memories of earlier experiences that are stored in the brain inappropriately. In other words, the brain is supposed to digest experiences that happen in the present. So I have a fight with someone at work, and I feel all the negative self-talk and the anxiety, and, and I walk away, and then I talk about it, I think about it, I sleep, and the next morning I feel better because actually I've gone through rapid eye movement sleep. I've gone through dream sleep when the appropriate connections are able to get made. And I say, oh, John had a bad day. Oh, we've been okay before. Oh, I've seen him do that way before. So the appropriate connections are made. The negative emotions, the negative sensations, all of those are gone. And I know how to deal with John because my brain has made the appropriate connections. But if something is too disturbing the brain's information processing goes offline and the experience is stored in the brain with the negative emotions, the negative sensations, the negative beliefs that were there at the time. So I could feel I'm not lovable because of some childhood experience that happened to me where mom pushed me away. I could feel uh, anxious when I walk into a room with a lot of people because I was humiliated sometime in grade school. And even though those things happened so long ago, they're still stored in the brain as what we call unprocessed memories with the negative emotions, the beliefs, etc. And anything that happens in the present that is similar links up to our memory network to be made sense of. I mean, I, I wouldn't know what a cup was unless I'd seen it before. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. When something similar happens, it links into the memory networks, and if there's an unprocessed memory, I can feel the anxiety. I can feel the shame. I can feel insecure. And, I, you know, just because it's happening to me when, because I'm 30 or 40 or 50 years old, I try to make sense of it, and my behavior is, you know, I act in, in certain ways because I'm feeling insecure, because I'm feeling unlovable. I may choose the wrong people in my life, and it may be happening when I'm 30, 40, or 50. But the cause are these earlier experiences that are stored in the brain, and with EMDR therapy, they can be rapidly processed. So it's not mind control. It's, with EMDR, it's actually mind liberation because you go back to a state of health. 
What do you mean by when you say it's unprocessed or processed? What is processing? Processing are the the, the connections that are made when something happens in the present. So again, if I see a cup, a, the shape of the cup, the perceptions have to link into my memory networks to be made sense of, and they say, "Oh, I recognize it as a cup." But certain, if I've never seen something before, I wouldn't have any way of interpreting it. The processing that happens within experience is that the uh, appropriate connections are able to be made. The person may be feeling um, insulted by someone that they're speaking to, but if they have a healthy background, they're able in the moment to recognize the person is having a bad day or they're doing something in order to manipulate him. They have the, uh, the correct, appropriate uh, interpretation of the present. But if an unprocessed memory is involved, the experience that happened at the time has these negative emotions and physical sensations and beliefs that are inappropriate. For instance, if you, uh, when you were a child, you were asked to get up and give a book report, and um, you started stumbling, you started stuttering, and you saw your teacher starting to laugh. You could have this feeling of shame and humiliation, and I'm not good enough, and that can stick with you for the next 30 years so that when you, you're unable to make presentations at work because that memory, not the, not the visual image, but the negative emotion gets triggered and you'd feel insecure and that you wouldn't be able to do it. And lots of people just say that they can't public speak and it's because of experiences like that that happen. Now, if an adult had been watching this, they would have blamed the teacher for laughing. They would have come over and comforted the child. They would have let them know that everything was fine and there was nothing wrong with them and encouraged them to try it again. But that didn't happen. Instead, the little child's information processing system just keeps that memory stuck, and that's what we're calling unprocessed. One of the things that quickly comes to mind reading your book is that this process or this treatment model is, is very effective with PTSD or post-traumatic stress disorder. And one of the things I think that there's a misconception about is that people think that post-traumatic stress disorder is only associated with wartime events. But my experience is, is that a lot of childhood events can also create that same problem. And do you find a lot of people with, with childhood PTSD? Yeah, absolutely. And, and that's what the research has been saying to us now, that when you diagnose post-traumatic stress disorder officially, um, you have to have a major event like a kidnapping or a rape or a war. But the research has been telling us clearly over the uh, past decade that general life experiences can cause even more symptoms of PTSD than major trauma. So many children are suffering the anxiety, the depression, the inability to concentrate of, uh, of trauma, 
and they're often being diagnosed with ADHD because it's the same type of, of symptoms. Uh, people who are going through life feeling that, again, there's something wrong with them, they're anxious, they, they, they feel insecure, they feel depressed. It's the same type of experience as would be happening with PTSD in that the event, these earlier events that are causing these symptoms are locked in their brain and continue to get triggered. So we have to feel more compassion for ourselves. And simply because we haven't been raped or we haven't been in war, we need to have the same compassion for ourselves as we would for a combat veteran because we can be suffering from the same type of brain lockup that is the basis of PTSD. Well, one of the things that is uh, I find unique about your approach is that you basically, one of the premises of your treatment model is that these emotions actually cause our physical phenomenon. In other words, this is not a get over it kind of situation. It's a, if something happens, you've got the stored memory and you don't know what to do with it, it's, it's actually physically in your brain. Is that correct? That's absolutely correct. And therefore, we have to get rid of that stigma that's often attached to mental health treatment because if you broke a leg, you'd have no problem going to a physician to get it aligned, to help it heal, and it's the same way when you're experiencing uh, depression or anxiety or insecurity, the information processing system in the brain is stuck. And what you want to do is go to someone who practices the MDR therapy to prepare you in a certain way and to stimulate that information processing system so that it can get, get digested. And the bottom line is the research shows with uh, EMDR therapy that if someone has PTSD, let's say, from a single trauma, after only 30 sessions, uh, after only three sessions, 90% no longer have PTSD. Now, if you know that 90% of the persons will no longer have PTSD from a single trauma after three sessions, isn't that worthwhile going to a, a therapist in order to determine how long it would take in order to liberate you from pain that you've been holding for many years that you didn't ask for, whatever happened in childhood, you didn't ask for, you didn't have any control over it. The brain its information processing system simply got overloaded, and what you're doing is you're feeling the negative effects of it, as I said, which can be going on for 20, 30, 40 years. Well, and one of the insidious things about that type of a problem, especially it's causing all kinds of problems in later life, is is from reading your book, I understand that many times the people don't even remember the event that caused this. Yeah, that's absolutely so. And that's why in the book I give specific techniques for people to be able to uncover what's really causing the problem because lots of people are saying, I don't know why I feel so insecure. I don't know why I can't find the right guy. I don't know why I always feel like I have to be perfect. Well, there is a reason, and it is stored in memory, and that's why I describe the specific techniques that people can use 
to identify what those memories are. And sometimes recognizing it, sometimes remembering the reason for it is, is enough to liberate you. Okay, we're going to have to take a break now, but we'll definitely be following up on this line discussion. Uh, this is Get Real Radio, and I'm James Robinson, and my guest is Dr. Francine Shapiro, who is a developer and founder of EMDR. So we'll be right back. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com Ooh, Are you happy with just accepting and passing along what the media, politicians, and government are feeding you? Or are you positively sick of it? It's time to get the real facts and form your own decisions. It's time to awaken the sleeper within you. Each week, host Dr. Nick Castellano will uncover various viewpoints and topics designed to inform and present the truth. Today's masses are manipulated by media coverage, and we will not become sheeple. Tune in to Awaken the Sleeper, Thursdays at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have you learned how to play the money game? There are all kinds of rules when it comes to money. Should I spend it now or save it for the ultimate rainy day? If I make a tiny mistake now, will it really affect everything in the long term? For the answers, tune in to Cultivate Your Financial Health with Wayne Firebaugh. You'll come away from each show with a better understanding of the rules of money and how it sets up your future. Listen Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Pacific Time with a replay Saturdays at 7 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Variety. If you hear a dog barking or an angel singing, then you know that you're listening to Waking Up in America. Heard every Wednesday at 3 Pacific Time, Valerie Kirkard and all of her friends will bring you powerful and humorous discussions that raise thoughts and give you insight on how to live your life to its fullest potential. Adventure is always a must on Waking Up in America with Valerie Kirkard every Wednesday at 3 Pacific. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to Get Real Radio with James Robinson. We'd love to hear from you. Please call in to 1-866-472-5788. That's toll-free, 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to Mr. Media at gmail.com. That's mr.jamesmedia at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, everybody. This is Get Real Radio, and I'm your host, James Robinson. And our guest today is Dr. Francine Shapiro, who developed and, and created a uh, treatment program called um, Eye Movement Desensitization and Reprocessing EMDR. I want to read something to the listeners because I want to emphasize the fact that this is a scientifically validated treatment program and uh, something that you can, that's been validated by 
on dozens of clinical trials, so you, you can have a pretty good confidence that when you do try this, that it will be effective. And I, I want to read this from a article that was published in Permanente Magazine, a leading medical journal, and it's a article called "The Role Role of Eye Movement Desensitization and Reprocessing EMDR Therapy in Medicine, Addressing the Psychological and Physical Symptoms Stemming from Adverse Life Experiences." And it says, a substantial body of research shows that adverse life experiences contribute to both psychological and biomedical pathology, which means it makes us sick. Eye movement desensitization and reprocessing therapy is an empirically validated treatment for trauma, including such negative life experiences as commonly present in medical practice. The positive therapeutic outcomes rapidly achieved without homework or detailed description of the disturbing event offer the medical community an efficient treatment approach with a wide range of applications. It goes on to say that 24 randomized controlled trials support the positive effects of EMDR therapy in the treatment of emotional trauma and other adverse life experiences relevant to clinical practice. Seven of ten studies reported EMDR therapy to be more rapid and or more effective than trauma-focused cognitive behavioral therapy. Twelve randomized studies of the eye movement component notice rapid decreases in negative emotions and or vividness of disturbing images with an additional eight reporting a variety of other memory effects. Numerous other evaluations document that EMDR therapy provides relief from a variety of somatic complaints. And my summary of all of that is that you can either go to psychotherapy for years or you can go to psychiatrists and, and get medicated, or you can also use this uh, as well, which uh, I know that Dr. Shapiro is very clear that you, this is not a replacement for some of the more um, traumatic psychoses that people suffer, but uh, it is effective on a wide range of emotional problems. And so I wanted to, after saying all of that, I did want to ask Dr. Shapiro's what is a session of EMDR like? What, what do people do? Right, well, actually, it's an eight-phase treatment where you go to a, a trained therapist in EMDR, and they'll take a history to identify the, what your current problems are and then trace them back to the earlier memories that set the basis for it, what are the current situations that cause you to be disturbed, and identify what you're going to need for the future in order to be really successful. And then uh, once the history is taken and identifying what the targets are going to be, you'll be given a number of self-help techniques in order to be able to allow you to change negative feelings and to stay in control. Many of the techniques which I describe in the book for people to use. And that means that you'll be in feeling in control during the therapy session and in between the sessions when you go about living again so that if you have negative thoughts coming up, you'd be able to change them. If you have negative feelings, you'd be able to change them. And so you know that you can feel comfortably in control during the, therapy, during the time of the therapy process. And then when we're going to start um, targeting the memories, for instance, we would bring up 
an, an older memory, and you wouldn't be asked to describe it in detail so that if you're feeling, you know, if you feel too much shame or you just don't want to think about each of the details, you don't need to. You just bring up an image and the negative beliefs that you have now and where you're feeling it, and then you'll be guided to do uh, generally eye movements or other type of stimulation in order to help stimulate that information processing system of your brain. And when that happens, you'll very quickly have new associations and connections to it, new insights, new thoughts, new memories may emerge. And so that association process is the brain doing the job it wasn't able to do years ago. And so it's the equivalent of digestion. What's useful is incorporated. You learn it. And what's useless, the negative emotions, beliefs, physical reactions, all of those are able to be let go. And so after the processing is complete, the uh, clinician will talk to you again to uh, <clears throat> remind you of the techniques and what to expect during the, during the, uh, the ensuing week. And then um, that will be repeated with the different uh, memories that need to be addressed until the therapy is complete. Now, the thing is, because the memory networks are all connected, you don't have to process every single negative event that you've had. What happens is a generalization effect. If you treat one memory, um, all of the similar memories are also treated at the same time. So that's one of the reasons that the therapy can go very rapidly. Wonderful. Let me. When you say there's no, when I say there's no homework, what does that mean? Well, for instance, there's a form of uh, in cognitive behavior therapy for trauma. The person needs to do homework in order for it to be effective. So, for instance, something called uh, exposure therapy. The person would be asked to describe the memory in detail. If they were raped, they'd have to give a full description of what happened and in the present. You know, I, I feel his hands and I smell his breath and I'm feeling this so, so that they're actually reliving it. And that's audio taped. Um, the person is asked to listen to the audio tape every night until, every day until they see the therapist again. And they're also asked to go to different locations that are disturbing. So, for instance, if the, the woman was raped near a dark alley, they'd be asked to go near an alley that was similar so that they'd feel the anxiety and then they would stay there feeling the anxiety for about a half hour, 40 minutes. Uh, and so that would be part of the homework in order for the therapy to be effective. That homework needs to be done on a daily basis. But with EMDR therapy, there is no homework. Every, all of the treatment is done with the therapist so that the person doesn't have to worry about uh, putting themselves in anxious situations uh, on their own. Well, I just your description of having to go through that reliving the moment and every day is, is <laughs> made me very uncomfortable. But uh, I, I appreciate the fact that this therapy is almost like it's coming at the problem sideways. You don't have to relive the moment in order to desensitize yourself. Um, so do you know what the 
connection is between the eye movement and the effect on the brain is? Have they been able to ascertain what is the cause and effect is there? Well, at this point, what they've been able to say through some research uh, is two things. One is that it has a direct effect on working memory. So if you bring bring up the image of it and do the eye movement, you're overloading the working memory, which starts a, a decrease in in the emotion. But the other is it does seem to link into the same processes that occur during rapid eye movement sleep. And so that's why you have those rapid associations and the connections and the insights um, that you during the EMDR therapy session that you would ordinarily be having during during dream sleep because researchers have said that rapid eye movement sleep is the time that uh, the brain processes the information of the day. Okay, what exactly does the EMDR change in the in our memories or in our mental processes? Well, the brain scans uh, have shown that what happens is it calms down uh, the limbic system, which is the arousal system, the fight or fight or flight system. That's able that gets calmed down, and what lights up, what comes more online, are the cognitive processes, the awareness process. So it really shows the the uh, it mirrors what people report. Clinically, that is, they're not feeling the negative uh, sensations anymore. They're not feeling the negative emotions. They're not feeling the negative thoughts. But rather what's happening on a clinical level is the old experience that was a source of distress. Through the processing, a learning takes place. The appropriate connections get made. And it really becomes a source of resilience. So... For instance, a rape victim um, that I was working with who started at the beginning feeling shame and guilt uh, that it happened, at the end of it is saying, shame isn't mine, it's his. I'm a strong, resilient woman. Look what I went through and survived. And that feeling of strength, that feeling of resistance, of resilience, is what uh, comes from a full processing of those experiences. You get a full understanding, appropriate understanding of what happens, and the pain you're able the pain is gone. What can you give us some examples of some of the more remarkable um, transformations you've witnessed? Well, it's actually it, 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 it's so common <laughs> when you're seeing these transformations. Um, the the one that always stays in mind for me is really the first. PTSD victim that I worked with, I had um, wanted to see if the procedures I had put together was going to work for for um, someone who actually had PTSD, and I was invited to work with someone in a VA center in my area, and I was amazed when I went to the, the VA because the Vietnam War had actually been over for 10 years, and all of these men were just still ducking for cover. They were in such pain, and it also brought to me so so much to awareness that it wasn't the fear for themselves. It wasn't fear-based for many of them that, that they were thinking of these old memories, but rather they were haunted by who they might have killed or who they couldn't hurt. It was really their heart was wounded, 
And so when we start, I worked with this man called, named Eric Smith, who was is said I should use his name because he wanted actually to encourage others to get help. Eric was 19 years old when he was drafted, and he was made the head of his platoon. And so here he's trying to save the lives of his men, and he has to call in some more artillery to help them. But the artillery landed very close to a, a native village, and he was always haunted by the fact that he might have killed some children. And that was had been destroying him for the past 10 years. And when we started working with it, just within one session, it was like a cloud lifted off of him. And you could see the, the change of his face as he recognized he had done what he needed to do, that uh, he recognized how old he had been, he recognized what, what the war had caused him to do, and was able to feel free of it and recognize that he had done the best he could and he was able to put it to rest. And that transformation of his face, of something that had been haunting him and killing him for, for the past 10 years, was absolutely remarkable to behold. So that always stays with me because that, that became the impetus, impetus for knowing that I needed to get this out for everyone. Is this effective for physical ailments, disease, and that sort of thing? Yeah, well, what we found, you know, with war, landmine victims, accident victims, uh, there's a phenomenon called phantom limb pain. And physicians used to think that you had to, uh, that it was nerve damage, and they, they would try to keep chopping up the, the limb in order to, to find a healthy nerve. But what we found with EMDR therapy is that it's really the unprocessed memory. Remember I said unprocessed memory has the emotions and the physical sensations and the beliefs that occurred at the time. Well, for many people, physical sensations are going to be feelings of anxiety, but in this case, the physical sensations are the actual pain that they felt during the trauma where the limb was damaged. And so by processing the memory, the pain is able to be eliminated or substantially reduced. We're getting about an 80% success rate with that. So chronic pain can be addressed very often when medical professionals cannot identify an actual nerve damage source of pain. Very often it is an uh, unprocessed memory that has the experience, uh, the experience of the pain sensations locked in the brain. Um, so EMDR therapy can be extremely helpful for that. And basically, as I started with it, it was being able to relieve the stress on, in a person is able to assist in bolstering the immune system. So across the board... Uh, some some research is now being done in Europe with cancer patients showing increased longevity by using the EMDR therapy to process the earlier memories, including the moment of diagnosis, which can be such a shock that it's actually locked in the person's brain as a death sentence. What do you mean by that? Well, the time that they hear that they have cancer they can feel so shocked, they feel I'm going to die, and that gets locked in their brain as an unprocessed memory. So they can't really concentrate on healing because they feel like they're doomed. 
So being able to process that moment of when they got the diagnosis can liberate them from that feeling and can mobilize them towards being able to do what they need to do for health. Uh, Other examples also, um, women uh, who have had PTSD or other negative experiences within two years of giving birth Uh, research indicates that they're often not able to connect, not able to bond with their children. And uh, one uh, colleague started using EMDR therapy with that group of mothers and recognized that very often uh, their children uh, were all, they also reported that their children had asthma. So in processing the memories of what caused the uh, negative birth experience and being able to return them to a state where they're able to connect with their, with their children. It had a direct effect on the child's immune response and anxiety response, and very often the, the asthma itself was able to remit. So the bottom line of what we're talking about here is that there's very little separation between mind and body, and a lot of symptoms that we may be looking at as purely physical are also can be contributed to by psychological issues. Interesting. Okay, well, I'm being told we need to take a break, and uh, this is we'll be right back with some more, lots more with uh, Dr. Shapiro and her EMDR treatment, and this is Get Real Radio with James Robinson and my guest, Dr. Francine Shapiro. We'll be right back. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. Ready to chat about your favorite soap operas? The daytime discussion is here with Dan J. Kroll and Soap Central Live. For the past 15 years, Dan has been dishing and discussing on SoapCentral.com. And now he's taking the talk to the airwaves of the Voice America Variety Channel. You'll go behind the scenes with the biggest stars of daytime, along with guest commentary from the Soap Central columnists. And we'll take your questions and comments during our live show. Soap Central Live, every Friday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific on Voice America Variety. Do the adventures of Indiana Jones leave you curious about this exotic and unusual profession? If so, don't miss Indiana Jones, Myth, Reality, and 21st Century Archaeology with Dr. Joseph Schuldenrein. You'll learn about forensics, ancient civilizations, and human origins. Listen to Dr. Schuldenrein and colleagues discuss their excavations and related archaeological topics, ranging from the unique to the sublime, and yes, even the mundane. Indiana Jones, Myth, Reality, and 21st Century Archaeology, live Wednesday, 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific Time, on Voice America Variety. Each week, Jimmy Gould brings you the stories and the people that you want to hear about. Tune in to A Current Life to hear about the journey to success, how our guests became the people they are today, and the highs and lows they experienced along the way. Each hour will leave you inspired and entertained as Jimmy gets up close and personal with every week's guest and shares ideas you can identify with and apply to your own life. A Current Life with Jimmy Gould airs Fridays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio. 
VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to Get Real Radio with James Robinson. We'd love to hear from you. Please call in to 1-866-472-5788. That's toll-free, 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to mr.jamesmedia at gmail.com. That's mr.jamesmedia at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, everyone. This is Get Real Radio, and I'm your host, James Robinson. And welcome back to our guest, Dr. Francine Shapiro, who is the founder and developer of a technique called EMDR therapy, which we've been discussing uh, earlier in the show. One thing I, I do want to alert people about is that you have to do this with a trained uh, therapist. Uh, you should not do this on your own. And and also, you need to make sure that your the the person, the therapist that you choose, has been properly certified. And and Dr. Shapiro, Francine, how would they know whether someone is properly certified or not? Well, in uh, the appendix B of the book, Getting Past Your Past, I give uh, guidelines. Uh, of what to ask individual clinicians, and that also includes making sure that they've been properly trained. In the United States, there's an organization called uh, the EMDR International Association. It's a nonprofit association that, that sets the standards for training and practice, and it's important to make sure that your clinician has been trained by a uh, in a program that's been certified by that organization. Of course, unfortunately, there are a number of money-making uh, people out there that are even trying to train clinicians in two sessions, which is impossible, but the clinicians don't know that they've been not, not trained well. So you need to question the therapist and make sure that they've been in a program that's been certified by EMDRIA. Great. Okay. And I also want to recommend to people to read your book, which is called Getting Past Your Past, Take Control of Your Life with Self-Help Techniques from EMDR Therapy. And this book actually has some of the exercises that uh, might be utilized in a therapy session. I'm not saying if you read this book, you don't need the clinician because I I think that the going to the therapy is critical but the uh, there is a lot of really good information in the book about how you can uh, change the way you uh, perceive things and how it might a lot of helpful exercises if you if you do it in the right way um, one of the things that is uh, I, somebody asked and I and I would love your comments on this is that part of the treatment is what is the eye movement and there is a kind of like a, a light bar that the technician uses to and your eyes follow the light moving back and forth is this therapy effective on blind people right well we discovered that we needed to find other ways of doing it because of blind people children who couldn't follow uh, too young to follow and discovered that we can use 
uh, we call bilateral tapping or tones so that it's going back and forth rapidly uh, guided, the, your attention is guided by tones or by, or by the therapist tapping. So that's, that's an alternative as well. But the eye movements would be the best. And uh, not every clinician uses a light bar. Some are old-fashioned like I am and would be using their hand. The whole idea is, again, to use a procedure that's helping to stimulate the brain's own mechanism, and that's linking into the, the REM state processes. But there are awesome. alternatives for blind people. Can people call into their clinician on Skype, or do they have to go for in person? Well, there are some clinicians uh, who are doing Skype because of folks in remote areas that they just are not near clinicians uh, to do it, so that's possible. But it's really important to feel that um, to have clear connections so that the, the therapy can be done. And what you said about making sure that processing is, is done with therapists uh, is, is very real. I mean, the, self, the self-help techniques in the book can take some people pretty far and some won't need to, to have full-out full therapy. But if you're going to be doing full-out processing on something, uh, then you need to have a therapist. I would always recommend, if possible, to do it in the same room, but Skype is possible when you don't have any other choices. Do the, uh, have you approached, uh, because this is so effective with PTSD, and how does the Department of Veteran Affairs uh, work with you? Well, the, veteran doc- the Veterans Affairs Group are pretty well committed to using cognitive behavior therapy because they've been doing that for years. But the Department of Defense has been using uh, EMDR therapy with the active military. We also have um, a nonprofit organization that offers pro bono treatment for anyone in the any uh, VA, any veterans or military and their families. And you can access that information uh, off of the uh, EMDR Humanitarian Assistance Program website, which would be emdrhap.org, emdrhap.org. Uh, could you uh, elaborate on that a little bit? Tell us what they do and... and... What HAP does? Uh, HAP is a nonprofit organization we established back in 1995 after the Oklahoma City bombing and we provide pro bono treatment for victims uh, after natural and man-made disasters. So just about all of the ones that you can think of that have gone on in the United States, Katrina, 9-11, uh, Columbine, uh, Boston Marathon, uh, trauma victims are able to access free treatment through our trauma recovery network. And in addition, uh, we do low-cost trainings for those in underserved populations throughout the United States and, and the world, actually. We've also sent out uh, people to uh, do treatment. For instance, uh, the World Health Organization asked for our assistance in training the psychiatrists, uh, the Philippine psychiatrists after the typhoon there. So what we're trying to do is make sure that help is available to anyone who needs it worldwide. That's 
incredibly generous of you. What? Uh, how many technicians or uh, therapists do you have on your approved list now? Well, I, actually, I'm I'm not sure, but throughout the world, we're, we would we would be looking at over a hundred thousand clinicians who have been appropriately trained. Uh, and in the United States, there's a greater density of them because the training started way back in 1990. So I think that uh, anybody throughout the United States should be able to find a certified clinician, with a, a clinician who has taken a certified program. And again, uh, if you take a look at the book, uh, Getting Past Your Past, you'll get an idea of what the therapy looks like, what it should feel like, You'd also be able to do some of the work on your own if, and indeed see if you need to go on for therapy. It'll give you the guidelines for doing that. Fantastic. And, and is there a, a website that people could go to to find a technician near them? Uh, org is one. And emdr.com is another. All right. So if uh, if anybody out there is interested in getting having a session or at least finding some more information, um, please go to those websites and and you can get more information. And One also, of the th- mil- again, military interested in pro bono treatment, uh, go to emdrhap.org. In order to find out what there are about six locations, you'd have to travel to the location. But the thing about EMDR is you don't need homework, so you can do it on consecutive days. So, for instance, there's a soldier center in Tennessee where if a, a military person comes in, uh, flies in for a week, if it's about up to three deployments, the reports from there is that the PTSD is handled within a week, and two weeks would be for up to eight deployments. So we also have arranged for scholarships for those who can't afford the traveling costs. We just want to make sure that everyone who has served our country is well served by us. Uh, well, I want everybody to understand that you know she's offering free treatment for any veteran, uh, either active or retired, that uh, has may be suffering from PTSD or have any sort of uh, suffering from any emotional situation. So if you do know anybody with those kinds of symptoms or even just a veteran, uh, active or inactive, you know, they, I think that you would be doing them a real favor to recommend to them that they take uh, part in this treatment program because it is fast, it is easy, and it is effective. I just want to read, go ahead. Yeah, and the thing is, it, uh, we also offer it for family members because the spouses also can be highly affected by it. And what we want to make sure is that the, the military person is liberated from the pain that they've been holding and that the suffering that they're feeling uh, doesn't have to be transmitted to their children, to their spouse. Basically, we're talking about being able to let it go in a, in a good way, in a way that so many others have been helped before. We want to make sure no one's left behind. All right. Well, unfortunately, we've run out of time. I'll, I know that uh, I, we'd love to know more, but uh, they only give us an hour. So, Dr. Shapiro, thank Francine. Thank you so much for sharing 
your treatment program with us, and I hope that people who hear this show will take advantage of this because, as I said, I've been through it myself. It is effective. It was a wonderful experience for me. And uh, I think she has given a real gift to our uh, to the people of the planet, and I just hope that people will take advantage of it. Thank you, Francine. Thank you so much. All right, this is Get Real Radio with uh, your host James Robinson, and we've been talking to Dr. Francine Shapiro. So hope to see you next week. Thank you again for tuning in to Get Real Radio with James Robinson. Please join us again next Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. This week, open up your heart and look inside your spiritual self.